Blog Talk Radio. Rights, 
Native Americans and indigenous people from all areas. Historically, the people that inhabited a land for thousands of years became, I don't know, comfortable in their land. And then invaders from other lands have come out and caused them lots of problems historically, all the way from the very first people and the very first invaders. And so as we evolve as a race, and the human race is definitely growing up a little bit, I think we're probably... I don't know, maybe pre-teens in the cosmic scale right now, we're starting to become aware of ourselves as we exist in the universe, and, and we're starting to be aware that other lives matter despite in spite of our own footprint on the planet. So we're starting to, I don't know, have a little bit more of a grown-up perspective. We're starting to have a bit of a moral compass and um, I applaud that. But certainly, certainly, I'm also a champion of those that have been oppressed. I'm not a fan of oppressors. I'm a fan of um, justice. I'm a fan of liberty. I'm a fan of our inalienable rights bestowed upon us by our Creator, such as spelled out in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of Life, Liberty, pursuit of happiness, those are three, I don't know, broad points of light that I stand on all the time. And I choose to pursue my happiness. And one of the ways I pursue my happiness is by making the world a little better place. I have children, and I have grandchildren, and I suppose one day I'll likely have great-grandchildren. And if you've ever had a child, when that child was born you had an experience of true innocence. Unlike anything, a child was born pure. And that child had never done anything wrong, had never thought a wrong thought, had never caused harm to anybody intentionally or anything. And that child entered a world that's got all kinds of issues. And as a parent... You have an instinct to guard that child, to protect them. And then eventually you start to teach them and enable them and give them uh, the power to stand out there on their own and, and, and battle the challenges on their own. And I think that as a, as a human being, I think that it's our, I don't know, it's, it's, it's where we're heading in in uh, in our progression as to champion those that are innocent, those that are unable to defend themselves, that we stand up and give them a leg up, we give them a little protection, we give them a little bit of a of an of of an opportunity. Maybe that's what it is. It's just an opportunity. I'm not a big fan of, of, of nanny states. I'm absolutely not a, sta I'm not a fan of, of people, you know, feeding off of the government teat. But I do believe that fair is fair. And every one of us deserves a fair crack at everything. And so when you have a history of indigenous people in the Americas 
that goes all the way back to the the very beginning. Um, okay, well they didn't beat us, so does that mean that they don't deserve the same rights that our Constitution claims that all men get? I don't think we should think about that. I think that um, in the name of of liberty, in the name of of opportunity, uh, that plenty of people historically have taken advantage of their liberty and their opportunity. And so that's where things start to balance. You know, you say, well, what do you do? What's the answer to it? The answer is, is it true liberty and everybody can do whatever they want? Or is it total regulation and some benevolent government gets to tell us everything we can do or not do? I think it's got to lie somewhere in between. I think we've got to police ourselves and each other. I think we got to hold our government in, accountable and in check, and I think that that's, you know, kind of the brilliance of what our founders had. You know, as much as our founders had flaws, they had an insight. They had the great experiment was truly that, was a great experiment. And, um, you know, I believe that the, the, the insight that they had in spite of their shortcomings was profound, and I believe it's on us to keep it alive. And I think we're losing it. I think I think it's um, I think it's it's become diluted. I think it's it's become corrupted. I think there's all kinds of issues. And I think that that's one of the things the human solution is here to solve. I think the answer to everything, every single problem, is we just fix it. We solve it. There isn't an unsolvable problem out there. Hell, the COVID virus, we'll, we'll figure that out one day. might not be this year. It might not be for 20 years. But one day we'll figure it out. One day the virus will not be the, the, the biggest challenge we face in life. Whenever mankind or, or, or consciousness decides to put itself to a task, it succeeds. There's not any problem we can't face or we can't solve. <laughs> so indigenous folks, we definitely champion their rights. We also champion uh, the rights of veterans. Um, and regardless of what you think about war and our military and our um, government's approach to that, uh, we live in a world where a military is necessary. There are people who would take our country away from us if we didn't stand up and defend it. And that's just the way it is. doesn't make it right or wrong, and, and I don't even want to get into a detailed discussion about it, but from the very, very beginning of our nation, and any nation, if you don't protect your sovereignty, you will lose it. That's just how it works. And our military, for the most part, and today especially, is all volunteer. What that means is we're not drafting people that don't want to be drafted. We're not conscripting people. We're not pulling people out of prison. We're not making you at the age of 18 get in line and, and get to boot camp. It's all volunteer. And once again, does that mean I support everything our military does? Hell no. I think that there's all kinds of problems with what how our military operates. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the individuals that have put themselves at risk. And when they do that, 
regardless of what you think about our country and regardless of what you think about our policies, these individuals put themselves at risk. And when they did that, they signed themselves over and they essentially become the property of the nation. And they get told what to do and they do it. And in many, 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 many cases, they come back from their service damaged. And I believe that our government has dropped the ball in taking care of the damaged people <laughs> that have volunteered their time and their service and their lives in the name of our country. So we stand up for them. We support their rights, specifically. <laughs> Disabled folks. Um, you know, when you think about an underdog, when you think about somebody who uh, has an unfair disadvantage, you know, there's always going to be people who take that unfair disadvantage and turn it into an advantage. There's lots of people that are going to take that challenge and overcome it and kick your ass with it. They're going to pick it up and beat you over the head with it. But many, many, many people don't. Many, many people um, succumb to their dis disabilities. Many, many people find that they're not able to compete in the rest of the world um, because of some issue that they have. And we're here to stand up for those rights, you know. Um, and there's a balance. There's all kinds of balance of, you know, over-regulating things and doing the right thing. So we certainly uh, advocate for disability um, issues. <laughs> and then, of course, there's cannabis prohibition. Now, cannabis prohibition has existed for more than 100 years now, or almost 100 years, I should say. I think it was 1937, the, the, the real first acts happened, and here we are at 2020. So we're coming up on the short strokes of 100 years of, of frankly, brutal oppression over what should be an inalienable right. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems to be a major conflict of interest. And if you have experienced the oppression that is connected to cannabis prohibition, you realize that it is just so one-sided. And I'm not the guy out there saying that life is fair, okay? I'll never say that. When when somebody comes to me and says, man, I went to court and, and, and it is not fair. You're right. It's not fair. It's never been fair and it's probably never going to be fair. And that's not what this is about. But what, is, what it is about is, is seeking justice, seeking to raise the bar, seeking to change the world just so that the opportunities that we have in front of us, we're able to seize. Now, the, the topic of the show is why don't we act like a virus? And I'm going to get into my thought process about that. Because if you learn about a virus, virus isn't even a living creature by the definition of a living creature. The virus is basically information. Information. A truth, let's just say. Let's just say we were to seed a virus that was a truth, a truth like, I don't know, 
maybe cannabis is a viable medicine. And we were to insert that into the cell walls of humanity in such a way that it replicated. And that when humanity tried to stomp it out, that it was able to modify its tactic and change its form. The truth is the truth, right? It doesn't really matter what somebody else says. An example, okay? The human solution. We've been around now for 11 years. We've had people historically that have come into our organization like a virus and wreak havoc, cause damage, invade our cells with misinformation, claims, accusations, whatever it was, right? It happens all the time. It's happened recently. Hell, I was recently accused of, oh, I don't know what the latest thing was, stealing money probably. Whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. That's what a virus does. It comes in and it plants a little seed. And if that seed spreads, then an immune response happens and all of a sudden you get sick and your organization gets sick. Well, in the case of the human solution, we've been strong and healthy. And so when these viruses come and they start seeding their little their little misinformations, we have a strong immune system and we force them out and we outgrow them and we don't let them invade. Well, it goes both directions. So I'm saying, why don't we start thinking it like that? We have the power. We have the truth. We have righteousness. We have we have a, 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 a will, a desire, knowledge, skills, all those tools, just like any intelligent life form might have, right? So what is it that's keeping us from beating this? What is it that's keeping us from from invading all the way deep into our enemy territory with the truth? Because think about it. If you knew a truth to be true, like cannabis has never hurt anybody, it's never killed anybody, and it can help a lot of people. So there's no value in oppressing it or oppressing the people that choose to use it. The same goes with the criminal charges. There's, you know, our criminal justice system is based on society, right? It's based on the value to society. It's based on safety. We have health and safety codes. We have laws that (coughs) keep or make it so that it is a crime to take away somebody else's right. Right? The whole libertarian idea is that we should be free to do anything as long as it doesn't take away somebody else's liberty. Well, that makes basic sense, right? And I, I guess in some place there's a there's a place for some kind of regulation. I was just having a conversation with somebody about the reason that the FDA exists. Well, in a complete free society, if it's completely free, then anybody can do anything. And then you got bad people doing bad things and misleading people and and putting rotten dog shit in a can and calling it beef stew, and some dumb person or trusting person, maybe a good person, maybe a smart person that just doesn't know anything about what beef stew is supposed to look like, opens that can, puts it in a frying pan, and eats it because it 
says it's beef stew. Well, that happened. That happened a lot, and people got sick, and finally, you know, we decided, well, hell, we better uh, create some rules that says if you say it's beef stew, it's got to at least have some beef in it and maybe be a stew. Well, it's it's all gone so far. It's all gone so far to a place where we have uh, criminal codes. We have, if you look at a law library and you look at the criminal codes, they're just volumes and volumes and volumes, and we have thousands and thousands and thousands of laws, and then interpretations of those laws, and books, and books, and books, and books, and legal scholars, and and judges, and lawyers, and we've created this whole industry, this super complex industry that speaks a language that the regular person doesn't even speak. I don't know. Sounds like an immune response to me. It sounds like something that could be corrected. It sounds like we could do a good scraping of our criminal justice system. It sounds like, um, you know, maybe we need to create a retrovirus. Maybe we need to be a retrovirus and get in there and start inserting some positive information and standing up and blocking out and breaking through some protein barriers that are the government acting in a way that is not representing its people. And that's what the human solution is all about. We stand up with that information. That information and the truth is our weapon, if you will. Unity and solidarity, you know. You see this ribbon? This little green ribbon with the red cross. I've been wearing this thing now for almost 11 years. I remember when we made the very first ones and cut these little pieces of foam and cut out the ribbons and glued them on. They were real goofy-ass looking, and they were mismatched and, and all messed up, but we wore them proudly, and, and, they, and they mattered. The very first time we wore them into a courtroom, I remember feeling a shift, and I'd never really been in a courtroom before. And I could feel what happened when a group of people got together with a single purpose and a truth, and we went into a hostile place. And get, don't don't um, fool yourself. A courtroom is a hostile place. It is not your friend. It's not there to protect you. <clears throat> it's there to interpret the law, enforce the law. But if you're in a courtroom and in a defense posture, you're there because you're being attacked. You're being charged with the crime. You are the enemy in that courtroom. And that's just how it is if it's a criminal courtroom. And so the human solution is there to kind of provide a buffer zone, provide some strength, be an immune system, um, give you a charge of of support and energy. Uh, It's something that works. And if you've never been in a courtroom on behalf of somebody else, or if you've never been in a courtroom um, as a defendant with somebody else there in support of you, um, I recommend you take a look. Even just watch some videos of people that have gone through it. Um, It's powerful stuff. So the human solution is kind of what's behind all this, this work that we're doing. We're an all-volunteer organization, like I said, been around for 
more than 10 years, supporting cases all over the country, uh, up in Canada, in the UK, Australia, New Zealand. We've been in, I think, four or five countries. Uh, these ribbons have been all over the place. It's our little, our little mini uniform that says, hey, I'm with them. This stuff matters. Again, we're all volunteer. We have chapters that are all independent. <clears throat> right now, we're kind of on a mission uh, to grow. We're spreading. And it's important that we spread. Because as people are becoming isolated, um, it doesn't mean the raids are stopping. In California, hell, they're raiding like crazy right now. It's the, quote, dry season. So they're coming after everybody right now. They're, they're, they're helicoptering, and they're, they're coming down to, to take you out before you get a chance to harvest your crop. It's happening all over the place right now. While everybody's tripping on the pandemic, the raids are still happening. Charges are still flying. Most people, they don't know about us. They, maybe they're able to lawyer up, maybe they're not. They go into court, they get pressed on a deal, and they take it. But every now and again, somebody decides to stand up and fight. And when that happens, that's when we stand up. And we don't necessarily have 100,000 people all suited up and ready to go, but what we have is the experience of 100,000 people suited up and ready to go. We know how to organize. We know how to bring it together. We know how to uh, – we have leaders that are willing to travel and do what it takes to get – uh, our message out there. We know how to strategize. We know how to rally. We know how we have information already prepared. We know how to speak to the press. We know how to speak to defendants, clients, attorneys, all of this. And so we haven't had a huge amount of cases lately that we're supporting. It's not that there are a shortage of cases. Right now our biggest hotbed has been Kansas and Missouri. Uh, those are two states where there's been a lot of cases. Um, Ohio's had a number of cases recently. Uh, California has a lot of cases, but we don't have a lot of people standing up and willing to willing to fight them. So we actually have three chapters on standby right now that, as far as I know, there aren't any cases in California that we're actively supporting. We're building chapters right now. We're building membership. We're growing. We're educating people. And one of the things that we have to offer, and this is, I think, something that's important. I think it's something that we're beginning to organize is um, the ability to satisfy court-issued community service hours. And we're in the process of, and I, I will be making an announcement in the next month or two, of putting together a legal clinic. And... Uh, We've been working hard on uh, creating like a self-help legal clearinghouse of uh, motion templates and, and uh, strategies based on, you know, if you've done this, well, we can, we can show you how to do that. Um, but pretty much a hands-off situation where you do it yourself um, and, and access information that we have. But we're going to be connecting up with a, another team of individuals, and um, we're also working with another nonprofit in a 
prison outreach capacity that I believe we have really a legal clinic that's developing. And so what that means yet, I'm not entirely sure, but I know that the ability to satisfy community service hours does give the opportunity for research um, and the ability to organize and the ability to reach, do outreach and create content. Remember, it's all about information. And so um, that is what the human solution is all about. We are getting ready right now for our elections. And every year, or every other year, I'm sorry, every, every other year, the human solution um, elects its board and its governing body, the, the main uh, principles, the president, the vice president, secretary, uh, treasurer, uh, chairman of the board, and all the board members are elected every two years. And I talk about this every other September because I think it's important. I know that I work with a number of other organizations, um, and most nonprofits that you work with are very small. There are usually one or two people involved, and they're doing all the work anyways. And so it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, they, they want people to come and help them rather than, you know, have a governing body and, and membership that is, that's actually engaged in, a, in, in driving the ship. And then there's the other side of the coin where you have large organizations um, that have a governing body, but they generally don't let their membership have a say in what the, in what the body does. So if you support a large organization, a, 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 whether it's a 501c3, 501c4, and you pay your dues or donate or, or give sponsorship, generally it's not even implied that you're going to have a say in what that organization does. With the Human Solution, it's very different. Uh, we're member-driven. We're, we're, um, chapters are all autonomous. We work together as needed, but we're a chapters about a local support. It's grassroots work. We're all volunteers. And so as a need arises, we put the word out, and we all step up and, and help out. So a leadership position is entirely work. It's not, um, it's not any kind of a glory spot. You don't get paid for it um, in, in, in dollars. You get paid for it in un, unlimited intangible benefits. You get a whole lot of feel-good and good karma points, but that's where it goes. You get to make the world better than you left it. Um, so that's all happening right now. Our website is active and getting updated by the day. THSINTL.org. If you are interested in forming a chapter, if you're interested in participating in an existing chapter, if you're interested in signing up as a member, remember every member has a vote. But if you haven't signed up in the last year, unless you're one of the very few lifetime members that we have, you're not an active member. I don't care if you were a member two years ago, three years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, have a T-shirt from 10 years ago. If you don't have an active membership from the last 12 months, you're not an active member. So we want you to sign up. This is a great time to do it. And I want to introduce our newest member. Well, she's actually been a member 
for a while now, but she's actually stepped up as our new membership coordinator. So we have Yanni here on the line. And Craig, I see you. I, I, I acknowledge you. We have Craig Cecil come in as a co-host, and uh, he's just listening to me rant right now and smile it away as he does. And uh, we'll give you a, a, a chance to, to, to talk in just a minute, but I did I went kind of long-winded with my monologue today, and um, I want to make sure I give Yanni a chance to introduce herself. So she has just come in to help out with uh, sending out our membership packets. And so, Yanni, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Joe. Thank you very much for inviting. Well, um, it's my pleasure, and I've been working hard behind the scenes um, in in trying to get people, and I say trying because I, I'm only as successful as I've been, and when I say I've done something, that means I've done it to my expectations, and I got pretty high expectations. So I've been working at, at getting more people to commit to being an active role in the human solution, and as much as we appreciate the the membership dues and the donations, you know, they go to our, our working expenses and printing materials and that kind of stuff, um, which, you know, it, it costs money to run an organization like this. But it's the real boots on the ground, the, the organizing, the, the, the uh, participating in the process um, that really makes this organization special. And being able to get the membership packages out to me is important. And we've always kind of sucked at that, and everybody that has been our membership coordinator um, has either, you know, been spotty or or come and gone or helped out, done good for a little while, and, and whatever it is, but I've always wanted to be able to acknowledge everybody who's donated to us and who has sponsored the organization and been able to give them a little thank you gift in a package that at least acknowledges that we um, appreciate the help, and so you've recently signed up to uh, take on that responsibility. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself and what you know, what brought you to the Human Solution, and you know why why you think it's important the work we're doing. Well, <clears throat> number one, the reason why I learned about the Human Solution was because I'm one of your reps. Um, I've been around. Um, I would say cannabis for the last six, seven years. I've been using cannabis for 25 years. Um, and I've always had wanted to help, but I didn't know how, I mean, besides just donating. Uh, and when this opportunity came along, I just figure I'm really good when it comes to organizing. I'm really good at um, making sure that things, when it comes to mailings, you know, taking care of customers, customer service has always been very important to me. So I take this responsibility not only as a business but also as something that could help other people that could help me um, I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for cannabis itself um, so again it's very important to me to be able to get like you want more members I'm now actively uh, doing that as well so I finally had an opportunity of being part of something that is a cost that is going to help other people so that's why I decided to, you know, take the opportunity and just go from there. Wonderful. And, you know, one of the things that's happening right now is all of our active chapters 
are about to get more active, and um, we're real close to launching a chapter up in northern Indiana, and um, that, that almost happened this last weekend, but it's, it's hopefully going to happen within the next week or two. And um, we have a number of other chapters that are getting uh, ready to open, but the chapters that have been in existence, sometimes a chapter will form and um, it won't do much, or it'll do um, specific activities like supporting cases and this and that and the work that we do, but maybe not create its own home base, you know, and not, not set up meetings where people can get together and, and talk about, um, you know, why it's important to make changes or inspire each other or support each other or, you know, help each other out. Whatever, you know, uh, a home-based chapter is, is important for those reasons. It's like, a, it's like a family. And I know a lot of people over the last 11 years of this organization being around um, have been positively affected by the family structure of this organization. And I think that focusing on that right now is important. Um, especially as we're, we're being attacked by so many different um, enemies. And I think a lot of the enemies are um, real, and some of them are, are ourselves in the form of fear and, and, you know, what you might look at as an immune response. So um, I'm looking forward to you being involved with the headquarters chapter. And um, we're going to be actually having um, our first meeting in probably a month and a half or two months um, for the headquarters chapter, and it's going to be next week um, directly following this show. And we're going to have, uh, you know, a live meeting here at, at our headquarters uh, um, clubhouse, I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, and then we'll also be connecting through a Zoom meeting. So anybody who wants to get involved with the headquarters chapter, and we're we're the one that started it all. We're the one that, um, you know, um, began this great experiment that we call the Human Solution. And we're, the, we're part of the national uh, group. It's, it's my chapter. It's the chapter that I started and, and that, um, you know, I, I lead with, with pride. So, anyways, Yanni, um, if anybody um, has signed up as a member and has not gotten their package, and I know there's a couple people that I promised packages to and I thought I put together or put together and it didn't go out or I don't know, but there are some delinquent packages. How does somebody get a hold of you directly if they need to just reach out to you? They could go ahead and call me at this number, um, and let me give it to you. It's uh, 310-242-5500. Zero. Zero. Uh, zero. Four zero seven eight. If you have any questions, Excellent. you can text me there, and I'll be more than happy to answer whatever questions I could answer and make sure that those packages go out to uh, the members. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm actually really excited to be able to do this. Well, you know, it's 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 good to be able to deliver everything that you say you're going to. It's one of the things that, you know, we say. We need you as a member, and you donate as a member, and then we say we're going to give you a little something. And even if it's just a little token something, it's a little something, and and it means something. And sometimes there's, you know, little bonuses to it. Sometimes it's it's kind of bare bones, but what it is is it's a symbol um, of, and, and, it, and there's a pride of membership and a pride of ownership and a pride of being 
part of something that's doing really good work. And you never know, because being connected to this organization might one day help you. I don't know how many people over the years have been a member of the Human Solution or have, you know, been involved in activities we've done, and then one day something happened to them, and they came to the family and said, hey, something happened and I need your help. Well, you know, you think about it, right? You drive on the street and you see a guy who's standing on the side of the road, and he's carrying a sign saying, you know, I'm down on my luck, I, I could use some help. Well, you might you might feel for the guy and you might toss him a couple of bucks and you might, whatever, be moved to do something. But if it's your cousin or a friend of your kid or whatever that comes up to you and looks you in the eye and says, hey, man, you're not going to believe what just happened to me um, and I don't know what to do. Can you help? It's another story. You know, we, we, we help out our own. It's our It's our nature to do that. And so I encourage people to get involved with the organization even if it's just to help yourself out, if one day you need it, um, it's, it's good to have a family like that. Well, Yanni, I appreciate you coming aboard. Um, I appreciate you being part of the family, and I absolutely appreciate you uh, taking on this role. So uh, I will uh, Thank you talk so to much. you soon. I'm re- like I said, I'm really excited. Human Solution, we got to break coalition. You betcha. All right, Yanni Melendez, folks. All right, Craig Cecil, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hey, um, things have been a little wild in Chicago, but it's also taught me um, where the nationwide organizations fail is when they don't have a, a cohesive message. As you know, we've had all kinds of groups running around Chicago looting and burning, and and some of them are, are protesting things that are actually wrong and trying to make changes that are reasonable. But all these people are are throwing in together, and uh, they're all getting ended. They're all ended up getting painted with the with the same brush. You know, the the groups that are actually fighting for something real are getting grouped in with the people that are looting and burning. Yeah. And, and that's where I think you know the human solution has to stay to their core message and stay to one message that. Um, Marijuana needs to be rescheduled, you know, unscheduled altogether at the federal level, and state regulations need to be reasonable. Absolutely. And just stay to that core message. Yeah, it, it, there's there's no question, and there's no there's, you know, there's no backing away from that. You know, it, it's 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 important, and you know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that we take on as as tasks and whatnot, but our, our primary messaging has always been the same, you know, <laughs> empowering people uh, to use their rights of, of you know, uh, standing up and, and um, using the due process that's afforded to us, um, educating ourselves about, about you know, the rights that we have inside of uh, that due process, um, educating ourselves to be seated in a jury and the rights that we have as jurors. Uh, the rights to nullify a, a, an unjust or immoral law, um, all of those rights. And these are all things that, um, you know, making the changes um, inside and outside, you know, the, 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 the methodology that we have is multifold. We look to change the laws. We look to empower the people. We look to inspire the victims. Um, and, and, you know, we look to change the hearts and minds 
more than anything because even when we pass a law, and it happens so many times where we pass a law that's supposed to give us immunity or it's supposed to allow us to have the freedom that we agreed that we wanted, and then the law enforcement and the, the, the legal justice system just doesn't acknowledge it, and they fight back, and they keep trying to uh, take a position that's a, that's against what the people want. And I think that a big part of this is, is breaking through with that truth and getting getting the hearts and minds to recognize that this is not an evil in society and it's not um, a danger. I think that most people that are opposed to this are acting out of either fear or a personal agenda that they might benefit from being connected to a prison system or somehow getting a kickback from something that prohibition supports, you know, their position. But I think generally most people, if they could just understand that this is a safe situation, that the, the in the worst of all case scenarios, cannabis still hasn't killed anybody, and in the best of all case scenarios, cannabis has helped many people, and especially with the economic system that's going on right now, um, the waste of resources to pursue these cases is so harmful to our own people in so many ways. And if we were just to allow this to be regular commerce, regardless of whether it was overtaxed and overregulated or just allowed to be like regular commerce, I think it would just help. And, and even the crops. I mean, imagine if we were able to just freely grow and, and, and use this, um, you know, for the food, fuel, and fiber that it wants to be. I think it could change so many things. We got some... Um, Apparently, there's there's a federal uh, legislation that's moving forward. I believe it's called the Moore Act, and um, it's it looks like it's it's making a move again. Um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, we have a presidential election on the horizon. We've got crazy government antics going on all over the place, and um, I think now is the time more than ever that we strengthen our unity that we reinforce, um, you know, our relationships and, and um, you know, grow as a family. Well, the, the committee was looking uh, at bringing up the MORE Act, and they were looking really seriously at it. I, I, from what I saw, 79 more people signed on to it, and they were looking at finally getting it out of committee, but now they all went home on vacation. Yep, yep, yep. It's just I don't know what's next. More of the same, but you know the fact is, is that every time it comes up, there's more and more people getting engaged, and you know it's it's a lot of this is a it's 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 a long it's a long term war. It's not going to be over quickly, no matter what we do. And we just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and it's gonna it's gonna take some time, but we're gonna keep going until we get there. Hey, listen, I've got um, Dee Dee Kirkwood on the line right now, and Dee Dee's got something she wants to say, and usually she sits quietly in the background to listen. So anytime Dee Dee says she wants to talk, I want to hear what she has to say. So uh, my friend Dee Dee Kirkwood, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You're on with me and Craig. Oh, hi, Craig. Hi, Joe. How are you guys? Hi, <laughs> well, hi, Dee Dee. I love no, you both. Well, I love you too. Oh. So what's going on out there? 
Well, I just wanted to report that it really looks like Michael Thompson is getting seriously close to something happening for him to be free because there is just so much going on. I don't, I can't even like keep it straight. Like, uh, you know, first of all, that the attorney general, uh, Dana Nessel wrote that letter on behalf of Michael to the governor was a huge thing. So yeah, that's that amazing. was just, her, I mean, that's if, a, if there right. Be so, any advocate that would have pulled, you would think the state attorney general would be the one that could uh, cause something to happen. Exactly. So that's happening. And at the same time, He's really ill with this COVID, uh, and he is locked in this hospital room, and he has, you know, uh, garbage food and, like, no TV, of course, and he just sits there like, now this is week two, and he says it's like an insane asylum. So, you know, and uh, he, he is getting some information. He knows about that letter. But he's just on a, uh, he's on a, to walk, he needs a walker, and he's on oxygen, and he used to do 500 uh, push-ups a day, and now he can sit on the bed is a big thing, and like I said, he needs a walker for all of his steps. That's how weak he is. So So um, that's happening at the same time. And then they, pardon me? Have you been able to talk to him? Yes. Yes, I oh, have. Okay. Yes, actually. Yes. When the, but when not we very talked, often. Yeah, yeah, that's what you had said, that uh, he didn't even have a phone at one point. So I'm glad at least you're able to talk to him now. Yeah, but not regularly. I've only gotten, I think, two calls since then. It's just like, you know, I never know when because he really doesn't have access. Somebody has to bring that phone into his room or something. You know what I mean? Uh-oh. So, because he's, Yeah. Is he at least so getting worse or starting to get better? He says it's about the same. He, yes, with, with the with the with the illness, about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the you know this this virus when it gets a hold of people, it seems to really latch on and uh, and and last for a while. That's for sure. It's. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's not an easy fight for when somebody uh, gets this. Well, I know that there's a number of um, he's got he's got more advocates today than I think I've ever seen anybody have. Um, you know, uh, the Last Prisoner Project, and and of course us, and and so many other groups <coughs> that have taken on um, uh, taken up his cause. I I can't help but wonder. You know, where's that last straw? Like, when when does that governor, yep. what is that governor thinking? You know, I thought that when that governor got elected, that we were in good shape, that this, this governor was going to be supportive, and, and it was yep. kind of a, 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 a slam dunk. And here it is, it's more than a year later, um, I and I'm wondering what's keeping her. Exactly. That's a question. It doesn't make sense. Nothing. They're in the yeah. running for the vice president pick. I, I think that may help. That could be it. It could be yeah. it. Maybe there. Exactly. Maybe that's. Maybe that was the thing that was just 
taking up all of her time. Now maybe she can get back to the back to the governing of her state as maybe she should have been doing. Um, you know, God, it, it blows me away when these elected officials that are in executive positions whose job it is is to run the friggin' state and then they get a you know, get into a candidate for a higher office and I don't know, I guess it all goes out the window for a moment, you know, and it's Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're going to hear some good news. You know, I've been kind of (coughs) on pins and needles with Michael for the last, I don't know, two years almost. It's it's been a wild roller coaster ride, Um, and and all I can say is he is so very fortunate to have an advocate like you in his in his ring. Well, you handed it to me, Joe. I wasn't about to say I give up. No, said, exactly. It, remember? You yeah, said, can you help you. me out? Yep. You know, it, it, the, the, the key is, and, you know, I've been in a situation for the last 10 years where I, I've taken on some big tasks in, in, you know, the human solutions. Like, it's like running a state, you know, it's in its own way. It's a it's 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 got all kinds of working pieces and it and it's always yeah. needing leadership in one thing or another and and when it comes to the individual campaigns that we're doing, um, if I can't be in a supporting role, it 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 takes away from everything and it makes it almost impossible to do a good job. And to be able to yeah. rely and find people like you who are willing to take on a project like this and 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 dig in. You know, the way that I do, the way that I, when I take on a project, I do the same thing. I jump in there and I, I don't let go until it's, until I get what I want. And, and to watch you have have done that as well, or maybe even better than I would have done had I, had that been my sole task, it, it just is so heartwarming. And I can't help but think that, you know, that's a sign that we're winning is, is when, you know, People are able to stand together with the same kind of conviction and and spirit and and willingness to uh, do what it takes to accomplish something that really doesn't have anything to do with themselves. You know, if Michael gets out today, that doesn't affect your personal life except for the fact that you and Michael are friends and and you you've helped a friend, you know, get his freedom. But as far as aside from that. It's not like you're getting a, a a book deal out of out of it. You're not getting any kind of a personal gain, and and that's the thing that you know people got to realize that this is selfless, thankless, benevolent, altruistic work. That you know it, it's got a reward that you can't even describe, but you have to be able to you know get up out of your own way in order to be able to take it on. And so I think we're we're slowly but surely we're we're building a team of people that have that kind of heart and spirit and um you know i think i think one by one we're we're starting to gain on but i can't wait you know for how many years were we talking to craig and i kept saying one day we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be able to have pie together one day we're gonna and we did we shared a hell of a pizza pie uh not too darn long ago you know and and uh i think that the same thing's going to happen with Michael. I, I, I feel in my heart that yeah. he's going to get out, he's going to get well, and he's going to be able to uh, enjoy 
uh, you know, freedom at the the rest of his life. So we just right. keep at it. But you know, exactly. But you know, Joe, I want to add that while I did all this to help Michael, that he personally has changed my life. So he has helped free me while I have helped to free him. I had a lot of, I did not even have a voice when I started out. And he has brought me to this level of being my uh, most, you know, uh, whatever I can do. He's given me like superpowers. I think, go for it, Dee Dee. Keep going for it. Yeah, you can do it. He cheered me on. And so I can't thank him enough. So while, you know, I did help free him, he helped free me. So it's been a, a beautiful journey between us. Very personal. Well, you know, Dee, what you're doing is you're you're um, bringing a tangibility to the unlimited intangible benefits that I promise everybody for helping us. <laughs> so sometimes yes. you're able to uh, to lay it out. You know, um, there there's something just hugely powerful about giving yourself um, your time, your energy, your love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your heart. Um, all of that, and and more often than not, something positive does happen um, as as a result. And usually, we grow as individuals, and we we become empowered, or we learn something about ourselves, or whatever it is. And it's it it warms my heart to know that you've gained this because you've become quite an advocate. And uh, it's uh, I'm I'm just glad to have you on my side. <laughs> well. It all started with you, Joe. That's what I told everybody. So whenever I talk about it, it I started with Joe Grumbine and the Human Solution International. Yes. Well, we love True. you, and you've been a wonderful supporter for so so many yes. years, and we're just yes. looking forward to the day when we can uh, uh, be done with our prohibition battle and get on with something else, yes. you know? And so, um, exactly. Anyways, yes. I appreciate you calling and Thank sharing you. all that as yes. a parting shot that you have for us? I'm wondering how, how Craig Cecil's daughter, Lauren, is doing after her operation. Well, she's moving kind of slowly. She's home. She's upstairs right now. She's sore, but she's uh, she's determined to get well. So, so she's sore but uh, determined, and she's hoping that it's improving every day. So, and... She's had four surgeries on the same hip, and the hope is this is the last one. Yeah, no doubt. Hopefully. uh, I hope that, too. Well, Craig, my my parting words are tell Lauren we we wish her the best recovery and that she is loved. So those are the parting words to Lauren for today. Oh, she'll definitely get them. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Love you guys. We'll talk soon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, so we're um, we're coming to the end of a, of an hour, one hour show, and I've got still a bunch of people that want to talk, and I've still got some things to say. So I think we're gonna crank up the old overtime machine and and just let it go a little bit more. And uh, we've got Mike um, that wants to talk, and Mike is um, <clears throat> he's a chapter coordinator for the Kansas chapter, the Human Solution International. He's also um, uh, a principal in the Human Solution Foundation, which is our 501c4 political organization. 
separate, um, and and it's a new it's a new um, entity that's just coming to life. He just recently uh, finished a campaign for state legislation, which he didn't win, but he was able to uh, entrench himself in the process, and he's actually um, engaging with the leadership today in uh, getting opportunities for us to present legislation into the Kansas body, and uh, of course he's been helping out with a number of cases, um, and uh, just a go-getter, he's a man after my own heart. Mike Webb, welcome to the show, um, how are you doing today? Thanks, Joe. I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, I thought I'd go ahead and let you know that uh, I went ahead and put in my paperwork to be your vice president someday. So just letting you know that up front. Uh, we're gonna get our hands. We're gonna get our hands dirty, Joe, and really start working to push some change. We're gonna wake some people up. We're gonna rattle some doors. The British are coming. The British are coming. Let's get some stuff done, man. Let's quit playing games. You know what? And and, and you know it's it's it's. Exciting because right now, you know, we have right now our um, our application um, for um, for the board and for the executive positions, and, and literally every two years uh, we elect every position. And um, you know, I'm running for president again, and um, I'm going to talk before the show's over about why you should elect me because. Right now, I, I'm the strongest candidate um, for this office, and, and I, I am capable of running this organization, I believe, the best that anybody could. Um, but what I need is a strong support team, and I believe that a strong vice president, a strong treasurer, a strong secretary, and a strong board around me is going to make all the difference in the world. And I believe that um, having you come up as a candidate is awesome, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. So uh, I appreciate you uh, stepping up. Yeah. You already know I'm a catalyst, Joe. I work to make things happen. We need need the people that are willing. You know, so many people, uh, they come into an organization, they're like, yeah, I I want this position, I want this and that. And then they sit around waiting for you to tell them what to do. And um, it, leadership is about leading and, and about getting out there and doing stuff and putting our thoughts and ideas together and, and making it happen. And you've definitely demonstrated over the last couple of years that uh, no shortage of that. And I'm looking forward to uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this thing happen. So, um, well, um, we're gonna blast on through, but I know you've been real busy with the Human Solution International and the Human Solution Foundation in Kansas, and if somebody wants to get involved either through our our, uh, 501c3 or get involved with the new 501c4 and get involved in the political uh, side of things, how would one get a hold of you? Uh, They can get a hold of us on the thsi.ntl.org. They can get a hold of us on Facebook through the Human Solution International Kansas chapter, uh, they could go to our business website, dude smell this LLC com, and just send us a message. Uh, I think we're on the Willow Creek Springs, uh, website too. So we're, cause we're Will, Willow Creek Springs people. So, uh, you know, there's lots of different ways. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Mike Webb. I appreciate you being here. Thanks Joe. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's see. Well, we're actually 
we got Tom Corby still left, and that's good. Um, so I want to talk about my uh, my candidacy. Um, I've been the CEO of this organization for 11 years running. Um, there was a time in the early parts of this organization that um, we uh, we unincorporated. We were we set up uh, in 2009 as a Nonprofit, a, a California nonprofit, um, as a corporation, and and um, when we first got started, I didn't want to be the president because I knew I could, and I knew I should, but I didn't want it to be my thing. I wanted it to be uh, a group effort. I wanted everybody that was involved. We had a a great group of people that that was the impetus for this this organization. So. Um, the first president we had was a guy by the name of Charles Monson. He's a quadriplegic, um, was a good friend of mine, um, uh, testified in my in my trial, and uh, used to be a volunteer at my uh, dispensary, at my at my collective, many years ago. And we worked together and, and helped each other out. Um, but shortly after he took office, he wasn't really able to... Um, to do it, to fulfill, you know, to be to be the CEO, the president. And so we uh, ended up taking the vice president and moving her up to president for a little while, and then um, not much happened. And so finally we had an election, and I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> and uh, I got myself elected, and that was back in 2010, or I think it was 2010. And, um, you know, I'm just one of these people that, that – just isn't afraid to fuck up. I'm not afraid to uh, get out there and and and, and take a chance and, and make something happen. And that's that's what we need, you know. I'm not somebody who's frivolous with anybody's resources. Um, I, I respect the hell out of anybody that helps. And um, these are all these are all uh, traits that I bring to this. In, in leadership, I, I believe that this organization is really important. It's like I, I look at it like it's my baby. I, I look at it. I, I, all, I've seen 11 years of, of good we've done for people. I've seen the the, the look on on defendants' faces when the juries uh, voted not guilty in their trial. Um, I've seen people get out of prison and 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 get their lives back. I've seen. Um, I, I've I've seen people who were afraid and unable to uh, to stand and fight, and when a group of people came around um, to support them, it just was a game changer. I've I've, I've watched these things happen um, over and over again, and at the same time, I've watched all kinds of negative things happen. I've watched crazy people worm their way into our midst and 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 wreak havoc. I've watched people. Um, do things that that were harmful to our organization. I've watched defendants that just you know after we helped and helped and helped, just walked away and never never looked back. Um, heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. But you know what? We take our lumps and we keep going. And and I can see the end game. I really can see that we're we're going to win. And I'm committed. I mean, I I am I I I give this probably almost a full-time job's worth of volunteer time every week, um, working with people behind the scenes, 
all the calls, all the meetings, all the organizing. Um, this shows just the tip of the iceberg. Um, this is just a little bit of it, but we're working together on a reentry project with another nonprofit. We're working on this 501c4. We're working with individuals. We're working on the Walk for Change. All of these things are happening today um, and every day, and I am committed to leading this organization um, and, and growing it and nurturing it and being there for all the people that are willing to step up and be exceptional. Um, I'm willing to, to, to foster that and to, to help that to happen. And I really believe that the, the, value, the value of the human solution isn't any one of us. It's all of us together, and it's, it's enough of us recognizing how important it is to stand together with one voice and to act as one unit and to be a team. And that's what I bring to this. And so for that, um, I, do ask, um, I do ask for everybody's vote. I ask that you sign up, be a member, so you have a vote. Uh, the reason that we have these uh, elections every two years is so that as we grow, as we change, as new people come aboard, that if somebody exceptional comes into this, They've got an opportunity uh, to become a leadership role. We want that. We welcome it. Um, there's room for everybody. Um, we have a no drama policy that is we're, we're adamant about. So you might see that there's people that come into this organization and they're carrying our banners and they're yelling and screaming and being the human solution, and then all of a sudden they're gone. How many times has that happened over the years? A lot. But you know what, generally what's happened when that happens is that they violated our, our policy, our no drama policy, and they were either asked to leave or they just left themselves because we're about the work. We're about making the world a better place. We're about changing things. We're not about one-upping each other. We're not about personal glory. We're not about I'm the this or the that. We're not about any of that stuff. We're about ending prohibition. We're about standing up for human and civil rights. We're about making the world better than we found it, and we're about unity and solidarity. And that's it. It's really that simple. So um, I encourage you to get involved. I encourage you to uh, uh, consider reelecting me, and I consider, uh, you know, you getting involved in, in starting a chapter, becoming a member of a chapter, and uh, helping us and prohibition and be the solution. I thought I thought with that kind of inspiration I'd pop in and say hello. You got time for me? I got time for you. We're we're we got the time machine running right now. We reeled it what, backwards. What's happening, what's happening, Craig? How you doing? I, I I haven't I didn't hear you talking enough and, and you know Joe's over there, you know, blowing smoke up our butt. <laughs> <laughs> well welcome in. Welcome we we welcome your voice. You know, so, 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 Craig. So, I just one of the things I wanted to let everybody know is that we have changed the date for the virtual town hall to the 29th of August. Uh, part of it is due to the fact that I am deep in the soup here in the Northwest with a lot of the work that I'm doing and and being um, one of the producers of the virtual town hall. I haven't been able to dedicate enough time to it the way I'd like to, we, and, and and it's not a rush anyway. Uh, but everybody needs to know that I'm actually getting some emails. Hey, we do. I got a call today from one of, from the police captain that my friend is going to be. Set. He goes, yeah, I was calling. I said, yeah, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> you know, so everybody's kind of catching up on that. And of course, Craig, you're you're a part of that. And I think Joe might be too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I wanted to. I just wanted everybody to know. Phil, Phil, 
couple of things in about some of the work that's going on with the Walker Change and the Human Solution stuff too. So for tomorrow, for example, we are going into we're going to the Umatilla Reservation here on the Long Columbia River, and Umatilla is on lockdown. Uh, the COVID is very distressful there, uh, and they were trying. You know, Native American communities do not have access to the medical care for the most part in a lot of these communities as you know the rest of the world does in, in our country. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the things that we've been seeing. So tomorrow is a big deal. In that regard, the long drive, uh, it, it's going to be a big deal, though. It, it, they, four to 500 families are going to get served. And this is put together by the tribe. We are just adding to the day uh, that we were asked to brought in. We've had some really wonderful progress in these areas. Next week, we're going to be starting hot meals across the Columbia River Basin uh, to all the Inlu sites that you guys have learned a little bit about from me recently. Uh, relative to these temporary sites that have been going on now for the third generation, uh, based upon the the, the the dams that are in. But the reason that these are starting next week, just to give you an idea, is that fishing season, uh, salmon fishing season along the river starts, uh, and it will run through the first week of October. So what the tribes are doing is they come to us and see if we can fill some some voids that they have, which we're doing, and we're going to do hot meals. So food fleet with the enormous amount of food trucks that we have nationally and a bunch of in Portland. So we're going to take food trucks into the in sites, serving hot meals. The tribe is going to pay for them for themselves, for all the fishermen, families that are in these in sites, because it really gets big this time of year for the next six weeks as they do this. So this, this is a big deal. Uh, we were at a, a site last week in Lyle where they did COVID testing. Uh, 80 people tested, zero positives. That was really exciting. We just got that information yesterday.
I just think about the absurdity of that. Instead of donating it to organizations like Feed the Mass that we're already involved with here, all these, I mean, forget, forget who I'm with, just all these organizations that are existing trying to get stuff out there. It's so easy. The homeless community in Portland is insane. Just think of that, how the absurdity of that particular position by a corporate, you know, well, if you don't buy it, even, we lowered the price, but if they're not bought, we're just going to throw them away. Are you serious? You know, so it, 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 the idiocy is there's so many things that are going on. So anyway, just pay attention, everybody, to what's happening. And the reason that they have this stuff is because nobody's buying it because the food supply chain's in trouble. So just everybody pay attention. And, and one last note I want to bring up, because, you know, we're politics are, are in our world. And, you know, for those who know me for a long time, politics, I've, I've been involved working in, in various ways for a long time. And, you know, we got an announcement yesterday that Kamala Harris was picked to be the vice presidential candidate. And we all know that from the prohibition world, and anybody who's paid attention, that uh, from that standpoint, it's not a good choice. I just want to remind everybody, because uh, mind you, I hate her. I, 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 let's be clear on my personal preference. I hate her. I equally hate my pen. And I, I don't want anybody to forget who's already there, as well as who's coming in, and to amplify why we the people need to take a stand politically about changing the culture in our country, because they're giving us zero choices for actual change, which is why the walk for change exists in the first place. We have to make a stand to change the culture of what's going on in this country and stop letting letting them divide us, because while everybody's screaming about Kamala Harris being a bad choice, which personally I agree with, we already have a bad choice in the White House, so I'm done with the lesser of two evils. I won't go down that path. I could care less about the evil. I don't want evil anymore. And this is just to amplify why we need to come together and, and change what's happening in our country so we do have viable, good choices for our future in this country. I'll leave it on that note. Indeed. And I think that, you know, remembering that we're the ones that have that power and we just need to get up there and wield it. Um, well, thank you so much, Bobby. And, and, you know, there's so many things that we have going on, whether, you know, again, our biggest shortcoming is telling the story. We uh, we do much more than we talk about, and that's, and that's a big part of what we're working on changing right now. We're getting the stories written up, and we're, we're starting to tell them. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Over the last couple of months, um, you know, I've been a human rights uh, advocate for my life, and not because I woke up one day and said, hey, I'm going to be a champion of human rights, but because there's been situations in my life. I'm the oldest of six, um, being an older brother, you know, you, you 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 look out for your for your family. Um, I've always been family oriented, so when you see an injustice, you know somebody's got to step up and do something about it. I've always been one of those people that was willing to, you know, get up there and 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 get in the way. It's come to my attention, and it's been across my bow for probably all my life. But it never really, I never really connected the dots. But recently, um, from a couple of sources that I are completely separate from each other, and um, from people that you know, when you get, when you're an advocate for a long time, you get to know a lot of advocates and activists and people that are just committed to making the world different, to, to changing and, and, and making things better. You 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 come 
connected to this whole community, and it's very loosely knit, and most of these people are very different from each other in most ways, but have something in common. And it's come to my attention from some people that were very, very, very passionate um, and, and committed to getting this message to me, and it's about this really sick, twisted um, culture, institution uh, that has to do with children and pedophilia and and abduction and trafficking and, and slavery and horrible, just unthinkable, unthinkable things. As a father of three daughters, um, you know, and a son, I couldn't even imagine, you know, if something was to happen to one of them when they were children, or as a grandfather to two grandchildren, I couldn't imagine if something happened, and yet thousands and thousands of children every single year are are, are taken away from various places, usually places of, that are impoverished, usually places that people are not spending a lot of time talking about and disappearing. And, and um, there's becoming through the information age a lot of information about players and, and a culture and um, some really horrible crimes. And I don't know how it all works, and I certainly don't have, you know, any sure information about what's real and what's not or what is and what isn't, but I believe this, that the sources of information I've seen um, and and some of the um, some of the evidence that I've seen points that there's some real dark stuff happening and there's some pretty powerful people involved in it happening, in allowing it to happen, in not stopping it from happening, in not making it important um, enough to uh, you know, we have a war on drugs. We have a war on on all of these things. Why don't we have a war on child slavery when that's an actual thing? Even if it was a few people, even if it was a handful of people, um, wouldn't you think that a civilized culture would do everything they could to stop it? You don't hardly hear about it. You really don't. Um, and I think that it, it, it's, it's come to my attention through a number of sources, and it's starting to work itself into my heart as a real, a real clear and present danger that's out there. And um, I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to look more into it. I'm going to, I'm going to begin uh, uh, crawling into this rabbit hole a little bit. But I just know that, um, you know, the human solution is about making real change, and the walk for change is about making real change. And the things that we spend our time worrying about, thinking about, talking about, and the things that we don't spend our time worrying about, thinking, and talking about, I think that's a big part of the change that needs to happen. I encourage you to think about these things and uh, get, get willing and ready to take some action if the opportunity arises. All right. Um, I'm going to give Tom Corby the last word, and then, Craig, I'll give you the last last word, and then we'll... We'll move on down the road here. It looks like I lost a couple of the 
guests, but they were really there to talk. So we got Tom Corby. Welcome to the show, Mr. Tom Corby. How are you doing today? Tom Corby, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yep, yep. Can Keep that phone me? right up next to your next to your mouth. You're good to go. I'm talking right I'm talking right in the phone like you taught me. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So, You're good. I want to, I want to thank you, Joe and Becca, and always Lisa and Candace. And when we talk about uh, voting every year, I think it's a really good idea. My being with the Human Solution, the second chapter, almost ten years ago. Uh, I don't know what we had done like many, without the Human Solution International and Joe, and not always mentioned, Liz, Kathy, C, Patrice, and all of that have come up here for us. I don't know any more, anybody more qualified than Joe. I don't know how he does it. When he says 24-7, believe me, he's drove me nuts for years. <laughs> and that's in a good way. We all need to be pushed just a little bit, put the time in that we can. Also, Becca, Candace, uh, haven't come this far. Uh, I see them putting their time very qualified. There are many qualified, of course, but that's just my take when I vote. And uh, when we talk about uh, defendants, and when we first come for a defendant, uh, what do we do? And now, court support, which Joe was talking about, how many hours we spend in those courtrooms. Now, up in Northern California, we're not in there any, hardly at all anymore because we do stand our ground, like Joe says. We always take them to trial. So when a defendant first gets out of jail, and especially if it's a husband and wife, whether they, they're going to be freaking out. So what's the best thing? That that matter whether you have one advocate or, or thirty, and what's the best thing? And it's all about application. The best thing you can do is first of all is calm them down and ask them what the probable cause was. Generally, whoa! Right away when you start working their case and advocating, you can start telling. Oh, I can see. Oh, this is. So what you do is, and Toby Williams taught us when we got busted out, you just keep throwing it at him. You make him sick of you. Throw the 9955 dismiss probable cause motion. So I'm going to ask you all out there, I love this card that Joe sent me. I use it a lot. Have you or someone you know been arrested for cannabis? You're going to be scared. You're going to be misled. Do you know where to turn? You're going to be lost, alone, and broke. Do you know your rights? You're going to be afraid, unsure, and intimidated. We've been there, and we can help. Now, that's what we do with the Human Solution International. Had they not come for me, I don't know if Don and I had made it. So I just wanted to give a big shout-out to Joe Beck and all those on the front line. Always the Bobby Rodrigo and the Coffee Party Radio Show. Uh, in Northern California, because one of the things we do, we stand against our supervisors 
and we we go into meetings to have our rights to go here in Butte County. And we stood our ground for 13 years. And right now in Northern California, I will tell you, I don't see any copper copters. Uh, they haven't flown around. Uh, I haven't heard any cases with code enforcement because why? Like Joe said, we stand our ground. We never back down. We never consent to a search. Always have your private property signs posted around your property. Those are some of the things you can do, especially when you're growing. Uh, uh, I think that uh, I'm kind of out of breath here. And always, like Donna says, uh, don't forget to breathe. And I uh, just want to say, uh, Donna, right now, uh, she's going to have her 70, 75th birthday party uh, next Saturday. Uh, uh, well, no, it's one after September 5th. So just wanted to let you know that how many years we had our golden anniversary together without a good lady. How can you be a good man? Okay, so I think that's all I have today. Of course, it's always nice to see Craig Cecil and uh, how good he's doing and sending positive healing vibes to Laura. And, uh, and I want to thank you all today. And uh, don't forget to breathe. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. Um, all right, Craig. Well, here we are. We're at the end of the show again. And uh, do you have a, a final parting shot for us all? Well, thanks, Tom. And I just want to encourage everybody to speak up. We see all over in these big cities the police watch people go and burn and loot businesses and that. And they're still arresting people for marijuana. Get on the phone. Get on your emails. You know, make them know. We we want them to fight crime. We want them to fight where people are actually getting hurt, when their businesses are getting destroyed, when the police are getting hurt, where other people are getting shot and hurt. Leave the marijuana offenders alone. Get out there and uh, stop people from getting hurt. All right. Well, Craig, always a pleasure. We're going to be back at it next week. And, uh, I will talk to you all uh, on next Wednesday. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said, Don, you were always on my mind.